Hello and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts, and we're going to talk all about Blizzard and its games and everything that they do, which is really awesome because we're just great and we're happy and everything's good. Okay? Okay. Uh, up with me this week, first off, because I don't introduce him first that much, so I'm going to do it this time. Uh, doesn't really want me to call him by anything, so I'm just going to say, hey, Mitch, what have you been up to? Hey, Rossi. Um... Trying to actually this week the mage tower was up and uh, I realized that my item level on my priest might actually be high enough to do the surrender to madness cheese uh, strategy where you basically skip most of the fight by doing surrender to madness. Gotcha. I got him down to like a million health on my best attempt. Didn't actually kill him, but that was that was a big part of my wow weekend. Really was trying that and getting so close and getting so furious. You're thinking by the end of the expansion, you'll be able to do it pretty easy. I could probably do it, if I'm lucky with, like, LFR rolls, I could probably do it the next time the Mage Tower's up. It was just, I I mean, like, one or two more item levels and I could probably push it. But, because, yeah, like I said, there were several attempts where I was under, like, 9, 10 million, and there was one attempt where I was at, like, 1 million. And when you're at, like, 80, 80, 90 stacks of Void Form, that's nothing. Cool, cool. I have not done the Mage Tower except for... Once I'm on prot spec, and I actually did pretty well, but not not that well, not even close. But I do think it's cool, and I would like to go back once once we've done some Antorus. I, I definitely think I'm going to go back in and try and finish that off because that's when we'll be basically as good as we're going to get. Yeah. So, uh, also with us this week, um, she does everything for the site and is generally speaking like a vast cosmic entity floating in a globe, waiting for us to rescue her uh, and stick me. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Anvina now. I don't. Okay. I th- I think you're you're. I am the you're somebody now. else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what have you been up to? <laughs> We're not floating in a globe. I finally got my bracers. Finally got oh. my bracers. Oh, so I have congrats. collected every armor set, with the exception of the Legion sets. That's it. Those wow. are the only ones I have left to get. I have every other armor set in that dang. I have all of the achievements for it. Um, I actually I have one of the Legion sets, um, the PvP sets, and I'm missing tier mostly right this now. Is, and then the latest like PvP set, yes. Okay. Yes. That actually um, means I'm gonna actually mention this now instead of during the top stories because it fits into that. That basically means you're ready for trial of style then. Um, yes. Because you mean, already had a I huge was, collection. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I I think I was ready before I even started collecting the armor sets <laughs> because I have I have so many clothes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that thing. Um, for people who are listening right now, that's coming out on Thursday. And if you're listening to Thursday's show, why are you listening to the show? Go log into the game. The Trial of Style is live. You should go do that. If you Actually, like, do both. Yeah. Listen, to, listen to the show and do that. Yeah. Do that. From what I understand, the way the Trial of Style works is you go in and it gives you a theme. And you have to build a set around that particular theme. And then you're rated... Like I think it's other players that rate your. I, I think the other yeah the other people in the scenario with you vote. It's sort of like um, oh what's that obnoxious show on like the Learning Channel or whatever where it's like there's like four different brides and they they like invite the other brides to their weddings and everybody rates it and then whoever gets the Bride highest orders? total score. No, I think it's like four weddings or something like that. Oh, anyway, no, yeah, it's four yeah. Weddings. So, so it's the I whole show is nothing. My sister introduced me to this, so the whole show is nothing but them going from like wedding to wedding and being really judgy about everything that's happening. There. <laughs> 
that's what's then, coming up this week in WoW, basically. And then whoever gets the t- highest total score wins, like, an extravagant honeymoon or whatever, and the other ones just go home. Um, this one, <laughs> it's a little different because you have uh, you have first place, second place, third place, if I remember correctly. So everybody yeah. gets something. And when you win, you get Trial of Style tokens. And those tokens can be used to purchase transmog sets. Now, if I remember correctly, the last time I looked at this on the PTR, the selection, as far as the rewards went, was kind of lackluster. There was, like, one of each type of armor set to choose from. So I sort of hope that they add more, Is, like, obscure I, I stuff. You got, like, I thought you got random rewards for it, too, don't you? I think or you do. Or is it only... Okay. Because I, I thought some of them were, like... I don't know if they're all... They're, they're definitely not all retired items, but I can't remember if you can get retired items or not. Some of them are just hard-to-find items that don't... Yeah. Or they're, like, they're, they're items where it's it's a set where not all of the pieces existed in-game previously, but now it's an entire set or that kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Salvage Yard in that. Sense. A little bit, yeah. It's sort of like Legion's version of the sal- Salvage Yard, only this time. You have to get dressed up to go dumpster diving. Anyway, um... <laughs> That's what I do in real life. <laughs> it's a formal event now. But yeah, so that, that runs from Thursday through Monday. And um, so far, it looks like this is just going to be like an annual thing. Because August is the only place I ever saw it on the calendar. They they did talk about, you know, depending on its popularity, they may put it into the calendar rotation more. I'm kind of hoping that... If it does take off, we'll see it as like maybe a monthly event because the only yeah, other monthly thing monthly. we've got going—the only other monthly thing we've got going on right now—is the Dark Moon Fair. Yeah. So it would be kind of cool to have you know Dark Moon Fair at the beginning of the month, and then you know somewhere mid to end of the month we have the Trial of Style where you can go do all kinds of crazy stuff if you want to do crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it's... that though. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Yes, I think we all are. That's one of the things that I mean. I might come back early just to do this and then go back to my hibernation in Diablo for a while because, I mean, I'm such a sucker for this. It's not even funny, and oh, I want to yes. see what happens. And you know? Haru, Haru pointed out, and this is a good point to make, the the most important part, all transmog is free during the event at all times. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so you aren't paying them. out the nose or anything, which uh, is I... fantastic. <laughs> I, I do it without even paying attention to how much money I'm spending. In fact, I've bankrupted characters doing it to them. I, I, <laughs> I'll do that on all characters. Without, and, like I'm yeah. used to my main, who I don't really have to worry about that, and then I'll be leveling, and it's like, oh, oh right, transmog costs money. Yeah, it's so yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it though. It, it does look really cool. Um, I'm not sure I'll win because I what I like and what other people like are pretty different. But I just like to see else, like rotating you know. rewards. You know what I mean? Where like. There's different different kind of collectible sets that you can get, or different different pieces of obscure gear that you can get. I mean, they could really play with it. Transmog is a really big deal. Transmog is one of those things where you know when they introduced it, people were like, "Oh, this sounds really cool," and then the popularity has just stayed there. It's yeah, stayed I don't think relevant. they expected it to be as yeah. As popular as so that matter, I mean, when they when they brought in the wardrobe, they yeah. took something that was already good and made it feasible yeah. so much better like, I, couldn't, <laughs> I was like i couldn't transmog on my alts the way i could on my main it just wasn't possible i because i couldn't keep all that gear on all those characters and farm for all of it but since now like if you have a lot like, if you have a rogue and a druid and a monk they can all wear most of it so it's not like there's a as long as there's some cross between your classes it's much easier and even if you don't i mean you can just 
you don't have to keep all this stuff. You can vendor it, and it's still yours. Know. You know, and so. it's kind of nice because I mean, I have alts that are, you know, they had different sets of gear, or you know, one alt had like a really cool piece of cloth gear that the other alt did not have, but now they could both wear it. So I mean. The wardrobe just, it was a fantastic addition. And this whole trial of style thing is great. I i am, I've, I've said this before, I don't know how many times that I am like a huge fan of the whole make rewards cosmetic thing. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to make it a piece of powerful gear for people to want it. People like pretty things. They really like pretty things. I've made so much gold off of people liking pretty things. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. We should probably move on to top stories now. Yeah, um, we might as well, because that was one of them. So yeah. But fashion. And one of the things we should probably mention, because it happened yesterday uh, as we're recording this, um, StarCraft Remastered is out. Yeah. Yep. Which, uh, first off, I just wanted to announce one thing, because a lot of people didn't know this. If you're not sure you want StarCraft Remastered, maybe you've never played StarCraft, you're like, well, why should I spend money on this? You don't actually have to spend money to find out if you like StarCraft. Because you can get the original StarCraft right now on Blizzard's site for nothing. It's yeah, yeah it's not the remastered edition, so the graphics remastered. are still kind of eh. Nineteen ninety eight. You can get a feel for the game and, and see if it's the kind of style of game that you would enjoy. And if it is, okay, go ahead, put down the bucks and get the remastered version so that everything is a little bit prettier to look at. See, we're right back to things looking pretty. Yeah, and the remastered <laughs> version is like nineteen ninety eight, I think. Uh, or even less. I know it's below twenty dollars. Oh no, it's, just fi- it's fifteen bucks. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah. So it's, fifteen dollars yeah, for the remastered version is not a bad deal, quite no. frankly. Um, if you decide you want to just buy it remastered and start there, either because you've played it before or because you've never played it but you want to look at it, fifteen bucks is not bad. And they've done some amazing things. They haven't made it look different, which is very hard. It's very hard to update a game from 1998 and not make it look different, but they did it. They managed to make it look like StarCraft, just better. Yeah. I, I, originally, when they announced the remaster before I watched the trailer, I was thinking it would be like the StarCraft 2 engine with, you know, just StarCraft 1 stuff with the StarCraft 2 engine. Uh, it's, it's exactly what Rossi said. It's a better-looking version of the original. Yeah, that's all it is. They cleaned everything up, made it look really pretty. I'm kind of hoping that if this takes off and people really enjoy it, and I mean, people seem to be really enthused about the whole idea of it, and people have been streaming it pretty consistently and been really enthused about doing that since it came out yesterday. I'm sort of hoping that maybe we see the early Warcraft games get the same treatment here. Maybe we'll see something at Gamescom about that. That would be great. Gamescom is at the end of the month here, so... That actually kind of segues perfectly into something else that happened this week. Uh We're Um, so good at segues. Warcraft 3... It's now got its own PTR again. Yeah, isn't that curious? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know that they're working on, on remasters for both Warcraft 3 and Diablo 2. We know they're hiring people and talking about doing them. We don't know much about the progress there. We don't know how far they've gone. But the fact that he just put a Warcraft 3 PTR up um, certainly seems to be hinting at they're going to be doing something I, with that. I don't, know if, I don't know if we know that they're working on remasters necessarily. They, the job posting sounded like it was just keeping them working on modern operating systems. At least that's the way I took it. It's like, I don't know if it ever specifically said remaster. No, well, it's just possible. Like, yeah. They're updating it's... it for modern systems so that it runs on Windows 10 and it runs with like the latest yeah, versions I mean, of everything. But it's not a bad things... assumption that it's going to be a remaster. Yeah. But... One of the things we know, though, is that they've been talking a lot about a mobile project and haven't said much more about it. Yeah. And if you're well, going to put a game on mobile, 
Warcraft 3 would be a good game mobile. to put on mobile. No, they, they've talked... They not. I'm not saying that they've said Warcraft 3 is going to be mobile. I'm saying they have talked about a mobile project. I'm saying if they decide to do that, it would be a good thing to do. Because Warcraft yeah. 3 would definitely work on mobile devices. I think it would be one of the better... I mean, I've seen my wife play a ton of Civ on, on mobile devices. I'm yeah, I, just, sure I didn't know it was confirmed as mobile yet. It's not. They have, they have okay. not confirmed anything. They've talked about it. I do saying. know that they just had an earnings call, and on the earnings call, they made a mention of that, you know, the StarCraft Remastered was coming out in quarter three, all of that, and that they didn't have any announcements or anything. But it's, you know, if there's a beloved IP out there that people love to engage in, then maybe it's worth a further step back to kind of bring up that nostalgia and bring that back in so that it's working in current times, that kind of... They didn't announce anything specifically. They were just talking about StarCraft Remastered and talking about how that, you know, people were kind of gung-ho about that because people loved it so much when it first came out, so it was nice to bring it up to current date and, you know, let players that used to play it and loved it and then let new players experience it as well, maybe for the first time. So it kind of makes me think that they're they're thinking that way anyway. They're thinking that way as far as we have these old games that were classics. We have these old games that were classics and people are really gung ho about still playing them. So maybe we should bring them up to current speed and make them look pretty and kind of re-release them again. Why not? When reading reading the StarCraft Remastered post too, one of the things that came to mind is that Blizzard has a Blizzard Classics team now. That's, yes, you they don't do, and that's up, what they focus you, on. Yeah, you don't start up a team and then, you know, not have them do things. All right, we did StarCraft. Good job, guys. We're done. So, I don't know. But since we were just talking about Warcraft 3, we're going to segue to Knights of the Frozen Throne has come out um, for Hearthstone. Yes, we're, we're doing the segue game magnificently today. It's I perfect. And also, Knights of the Frozen Throne, really pretty. So we've got that going for us, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's out. Um, people are playing it. Um, I, I know people I work it. with have played it because yeah. they're complaining about it a lot. <laughs> I haven't played it. I watched Maticus. Maticus opened a bunch of cards, card packs on the stream on launch day um, for funsies and also to see what he got. But while he was there, when he got done opening all, I think he had like 90 card packs or something like that. It was a ridiculous number. So he had all kinds of cards by the time he was done. And then he decided, well, while he was there, he'd go ahead and play through the prologue. So I got to see the prologue of, of the Knights of the Frozen Throne stuff. It (laughs) was hysterical. It was so good. And you could, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with how Dave Kosak writes things because you can tell in World of Warcraft if something was was something that Dave Kosak touched. You know what I mean? It, it it's if it was goofy and fun and just a little kind of wacky wild out there, it, it was probably something that Kosak worked on or was directly responsible for. Um or Miss Pandaria, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, in Cataclysm, my loon, he worked on my loon. I think he did the day that Deathwing came. Um, I'm not sure if he did Welcome to the Machine, if that was him directly or somebody that was working with him. Uh, But a lot of those really kind of iconic, oh my gosh, that was an amazing quest. I'm laughing so hard. That's a Kosak moment, right? The entire prologue of this thing is is one long Kosak moment. (laughs) And if if you've been watching those Arthas intern videos or whatever, like... 
it, it's like that. They're like the fantastic. Whole thing like that. They're fantastic. The whole thing is so tongue in cheek and so funny and so delightful. And I don't mean to imply that Dave has probably like written all of this stuff because I don't know. They've they've got a writing team, I'm sure, there that works on all the dialogue and the little scenarios and things like that for the. Um, I don't want to. Do we call them expansions or adventures? I just say expansion. Okay. Anyway. Um, I'm sure that they've got a team there that works on all of that, but you can really tell with this one in particular, it's got that wacky, goofy style of those few wild quests that really kind of hit you hard. Like, you know, Day Deathwing came, Welcome to the Machine, that kind of thing. It's You're just sitting there going, oh my gosh, is this actually really happening? Yeah. Anyway, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, I haven't played Hearthstone in forever. The last time I tried to log into Hearthstone, the innkeeper was like, yeah, before I'll let you do anything at all, I need you to play a game. And I'm like, no, I want to check my stuff before I play the game, Yeah, dude. That, that happened to me a while back. And I got... You, you do get like three or four card packs for that, okay, which is nice. Okay, but that's great like, and everything, but I don't... I, I want to log yeah. in and assess the situation and then go play. I don't want to have no, to I, play I, before I can assess the situation. It just, it seems counterproductive to me. Anyway, I got so frustrated with that because I could, there was no way to get out of it. You had to play the game. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I wanted to do when I hit log in. So I'm done. And I left and I haven't been back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have sort of come back for Knights of the Frozen Throne. Uh, I, I don't play a whole lot of Hearthstone because it's an easy way for me to spend money and it's very tempting for me. Um, but I I came back for the old gods because, of course, um, and I've also kind of sort of come back for Knights because I, it's an aesthetic I love and it's also very good. And there's Arthas. Mark, Mark. Yes, the Arthas card where even people who don't play Hearthstone are like, that thing's adorable. Put that in the game. Except Make for that Maticus because somewhere. he hates everything cute. He's lying. <laughs> He's just covering it up. He lusts for that thing. He loves Arfus. He wants Arfus. He wants to make an entire deck out of nothing but Arfus card. He's gonna well, wearing name, a Pikachu hat. He's going to name his dog Arfus in real life if he ever gets a dog. <laughs> this next one isn't even a remotely good segue. Sorry, guys. I ran out of juice. Um, but Battle.net isn't really back so much as they finally realized it wasn't going to happen that they would change the name. Okay, so here's the thing. Last September, they said that they were going to transition out of Battle.net and start calling things like the Blizzard app instead of Battle.net. So it was like, you know, your Blizzard tag, this, that, the other. Except that for the entirety of the... Uh, now, you guys remember when they first announced this, we talked about it on the show back then. And I said, who came up with this? This is like the silliest idea I've ever heard. Well, because... I, I think it... Was it Mitch? I don't. Were we here for that yet, Mitch? Or was it I, still? I I might have guessed it on that one. I, I'm I not wasn't... sure if you were here. Or if I, it was I think Alex. I remember talking about it. But whoever whoever it was who was here who wasn't me or Anne, or if it was either Alex or Mitch. So it's a Janus headed two headed god in your head. It's one half is Alex, one half is Mitch. Um, oh, said something along the lines of you know you know this is the kind of decision corporate branding people make when they have nothing to do. I think that, that was like Alex. Yeah, because there's <laughs> I think, no. I think that was Alex. <laughs> there was no purpose to this change. It didn't it, benefit anybody. It it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, in you know, twenty years maybe, when this generation of gamers is, you know, there's a new generation of gamers that's like, what's Battle.net? Oh, that's nothing. Like, it has the Blizzard name though. I recognize that as Blizzard stuff. But like, everybody's been using Battle.net. See, my problem with it was that Battle.net has been around since when. 96? 20, 
20, yeah, 96. 21 so, years. 20, 21, it's a fully it grown drink. adult. It, it can drink. It can do all kinds of things now, perfectly legally. It's a legal adult now. And the thing is, is that you have that 21 years of history that you've been building with that product. Everybody automatically associates it with Blizzard. You know what that is. It's been around so long. How can you not know? So suddenly deciding, yeah, we're just going to call this Blizzard so that it doesn't confuse people. And I'm like, who is it going to confuse? (laughs) It's it's going to confuse everyone else when is Blizzard like, still calls it Battle.net. Is it like, is it going to confuse the tweens? Is that what we're worried about here? Can't they just ask mom and dad what's Battle.net? Because mom and dad probably already know. For that matter, you know, they would just know what it was because that would be what it was. That's just it what would it be, is. Yeah, it's always been Battle.net. It's it's not like you need, like, a you know, I'm going to Battle.net, whatever. Bam, five so seconds. So anyway... Anyway, they announced that there was going to be this transition thing, and I believe I, I my words on the matter were, I'm never going to stop calling it Battle.net, because I'm never mm-hmm. going to be able... It's 20 years. You're asking me to train 20 years worth of referring to it as Battle.net, like, out of my head. That's That's just not going to happen, or if it does happen, it's not going to happen easily. And it turns out... A lot of people felt exactly the same way because it was still being referred to as Battle.net all over the place, including in Blizzard's internal material. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure people at Blizzard were having a hard time not calling it. When they announced Destiny 2 was going to be part of the Battle.net platform, they didn't say the Blizzard app. They said the Battle.net platform. Yeah, and and then people were like, uh, why? And they're like, oh, that was an exception. It's still being called Blizzard app. It was just, you know, for this announcement. (laughs) What? (laughs) There was was inconsistency all over the place because in some places it's like, okay, today they remembered to refer to it as the Blizzard thing, and then another day it's like, well, they must have been having a busy day because they slipped up and called it Battle.net. Okay, well, you know, you're trying to train people out of 20 years of stuff. So it just always felt kind of ridiculous to me. So when they said, oh, we're going to call it Blizzard Battle.net, I'm like, okay, why didn't we do that to begin with? Because that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. We could still call it Battle.net for shorthand, but it's Blizzard Battle.net for all labeling. The Blizzard name is associated with it. It's all good. Life moves on. They technically have a new icon for it, too, that, you know, is Blizzard, like the Blizzard icon with Battle.net beneath it. That way, it's Blizzard Battle.net. You'll see that all over the place, probably. That's fine. That's perfectly fine, too. Um it's I just <laughs> it was it was I very liked how silly. the immediate media reaction from this announcement though was was pretty much everybody saying, <laughs> Ah, Blizzard's decided to call it that thing that we're still calling it even though they said they were changing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's back and it basically never left. Yeah. I mean, it may have left in the hearts and minds of somebody in the PR department, but otherwise <laughs> Someone's someone's just a little more sad. Yeah, someone's just a little more sad. I guess. Really thought oh. this one would work, guys. Sorry, but uh, so yeah, Battle.net's back. And speaking of things you can do in Battle.net, segues are back. Um, Overwatch is finally getting a deathmatch mode. Yay! People have been Something... asking for this for forever. Well, Blizzard's always been, you know, the Overwatch team, you know, including Jeff, the leader of said Overwatch team. Jeff from um, the Overwatch team. Wanna, I want to call him, you know, like Duke from GI Joe, but. Jeff instead, you know, like just do Jeff music from after I say name. But anyway, uh, he's basically always pointed out that they didn't really know how they would do deathmatch mode. Apparently, they finally figured it out because they are gonna. It's on the PTR now, isn't it? Yeah, yep. it's on the PTR now. The problem is that deathmatch didn't really work with all of the other game modes that they had come out with, and didn't work with all of the maps that they had come out with either. It wasn't 
it wasn't a game mode that they were originally intending to do or even put in the game. And the last time, I think last year, somebody, somebody at BlizzCon was asking them about it. And they were like, no, we don't have any plans for that. Or maybe it was the year before. I don't remember. Anyway, um, he said, no, we don't really have any plans to add any more game modes or anything like that. Well, since then, they wow. came out with the Overwatch arcade. And when they came out with the arcade mode... The arcade mode, you can do just about anything in. You could do all kinds of silly stuff in there. You can set up your own maps and make your own rules and that kind of thing. So they thought, well, why don't we just put Deathmatch in there? So that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And they I, haven't, introduced... I haven't tried it out yet. I want to, but... I need to log in because I really want to check out the new map. The new map is... it's. Basically, oh, Widowmaker's yeah. family estate from before she got married to Gerard. And um, I kind of want to just go in there and poke around and look at the lore stuff beyond, you know, the whole, oh, play the map, do the deathmatch mode stuff. Um, I just want to look around. It's got very pretty trees. It's, yeah, it's one of those things. Anytime they come out with a new map, I automatically, I'll log in and make a custom game where it's just me. So I can run yep. around, take screenshots, look at things and go, ooh, are there clues? Are there hints? What's going on in here? What's what's going on with the story in here? Because you can pull a lot just from the scenery in-game. So yeah. I like doing that. Um, it's on the PTR right now. I don't know when it's actually hitting live servers. I would assume in like a week or two. It's usually like a week. Yeah, I'm assuming like a week or two. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, um, that's, you know, that's happening and that's pretty cool. Uh, at this point, Overwatch is pretty stuff with modes quite yeah. frankly uh no they have the a arcade. lot of stuff to do <laughs> yeah so, uh that's basically it i mean there was what was the other thing we were going to talk about i have to scroll oh, down hey, there's a new scenario that just launched it just came out and when i say it just came out i mean it literally just came out today right before the show started uh if you log into world of warcraft right now you can do what is it called mitch whispers uh, of a whispers planet of a, uh, whispers of a something planet yep yeah um it's basically once again, we're looking at uh, an event type thing. It's sort of, it feels like a pre-expansion event, but it's for a patch. So this is a pre-7.3 event. There's a lot of lore stuff in there. You have to go help Magni because he wants to, like, listen to the planet chatter. And Whispers um, of a frightened world. Yeah, you have to go, you have to go help Magni because he wants, he says Azeroth has a message for us and we got to go listen to it. Um, I will tell you right now that when you go in to do this scenario, there are several different encounters that you have to fight, including, of course, there's like the one big one at the end. Don't kill the one at the end too quickly. Wait it out. <laughs> really? Trust me. Just wait it out. Listen to it. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't done it yet because when it first went live, Magni essentially broke servers. Yeah. Like, he broke everything. Yeah, there were several servers that were completely offline for whatever reason. <laughs> and I don't know if it was Magni or if it was just, you know, Azeroth, Azeroth it, having it a hissy happen, fit. Or... <laughs> it seemed to happen to the uh, European servers, too. So. Yeah. Anyway, so when you go in and you do that scenario, go in, do the scenario. When you get to the last boss, just don't, don't, don't try and kill it too fast. Maybe kite it around a little bit or something. Listen to what it has to say. Try not to die. Trust, <laughs> trust me. The Kill whole thing, it, but not too fast, but also The whole don't thing die. is really eerie. Make sure that you have your in-game sounds and music turned up because it's pretty fantastic in there. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, it, I, I haven't done it. Obviously, I just said that. But um, I, you, you see Magni in the uh, priest class, uh, class mount quest. So I don't know how much it ties into that, but um, I don't... did. Did we know that he could like talk to Azeroth and stuff before? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, no, that, that was that was, was something that was pointed stuff, out right? like 
yeah, pre Legion. We went okay. and we hunted down, him down in Ulduar, and he told us about yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. So I don't know if it actually ties into the uh, priest quest line, but I'm glad that we're getting more of that because I was really excited when we saw him and went to a Titan place in the priest quest. Okay. Uh, at this point, I guess we're going to be doing emails since that's pretty good. I, spade I guess. Um, hey, you stop that. I will turn the <laughs> show around and take you to a swimming pool. Uh, if okay. this is always the case, if you have an email for us, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch in the, the you know, subject line. That's what you want there. Uh, that way we know it's for this show. And, uh, this week didn't do all that great on keeping them short guys. Sorry. Uh, you know, do your best to try and keep them as short as possible. Like a tweet link is perfect, but if you have to go longer, you do. But just, you know, keep in mind, we have to read these emails on the show. Well, Anne does. And that means the more she has to read, the less we can get to. Uh, at this point, though, it's it's Anne's baby, so take it away, Anne. It's weird that you call it my baby. I yeah, don't really think of it that way. I'm having a strange day. I okay, so um, our first email is from Jabberock from Sourfang, EU who says, long-time listener, follower, and patron. Thanks for your patronage. Um, he says, while listening to the Legion cinematic intro, I got to the part where Varian hits the bottom of the water, and I remember how shaken I was when I saw it on screen. I loved Varian, and I believe he was a very interesting character. That got me thinking. Since Varian was introduced in the first Warcraft movie, and in case there's a second movie, why don't they have him be the protagonist? Fast forward the events that happened while removing some elements, not sure how they can introduce Logosh into a movie or how much non-players might be interested in this thread. And then the third movie begins with something similar to Legion intro and Broken Shore Defeat. He should be portrayed convincingly, and of course script writers need to incorporate orcs somehow, but seeing as he met his end at Gul'dan's hands, it can be done. What do you guys think? Can Varian as a character pull a movie's weight? Thank you for your time. I... uh, Okay, I'm (laughs) going to say real quick here, I don't think that there's going to be a second movie. If there is, I feel like the second movie is probably going to follow the events of Warcraft 3, particularly, yeah, Thrall, because we left off with Thrall at the end of the first film. But, I mean, there's no reason why it can't go back and forth between Thrall getting older, discovering his heritage, busting out of the internment camps, all that stuff, and then flashing over to Varian, experiencing much of the same thing, getting older, dealing with the aftermath of Stormwind's destruction, all of that stuff. So, you know... I don't know. And the the thing is, is the Warcraft movie itself, it kind of ended differently. Um, It ended in a different place. Yeah, Stormwind's still there in the Warcraft Yeah, it's still there in the movie. So it's like, where would they go with that? What would happen with that? Um, Would they start off with the whole resurgence of the Orcish War and the destruction of Stormwind? Like, would that be the opener and then it would jump into the whole formation of the Alliance of Lordaeron and all of that? Or what are we looking at here exactly? We'd have to cover Warcraft 2, but we'd also have to cover like the end of Warcraft 1, and who knows who would write that kind of thing. Do I think that Varian could pull a movie's weight as a character? No. I mean, I think he could, but I don't think that he should. I think that if you're doing a Warcraft movie title, whatever it happens to be, you kind of need to put the focus on both sides. I really liked how the original film kind of bounced back and forth between the human side of things and the orc side of things and sort of had like, there were parallels there and there were similarities there as well as the differences. And it was interesting to see that play out on screen. One of the things of feedback that a lot of people said, like non-WoW people was, 
I was surprised at how much the movie made me like, you know, the CGI orcs. And I think that was a that was a big part of what they were trying to do is make you sympathize with both sides um, and to eliminate that aspect or, you know, sideline it. I think just if that's one of the things that people are giving good feedback on who, you know, didn't necessarily love the movie, uh, you don't want to abandon that. So I agree. I don't think Varian should he probably could, but I don't think he should. Could he? Yes. He's a very strong character. I mean, he's a very strong character in game. I feel kind of bad that he he died when he did because I think that there was still more that they could have done with the character. At the same time, it was a very appropriate way for him to go. Um, he was a boss. He was. He totally was. I was like, okay, yeah, this is how a warrior meets his end. This is great. Um, Rossi, your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, I don't think here, we're in an interesting place with the Warcraft movie in that it ended differently than Warcraft 1. Yeah. And I don't want to see the destruction of Stormwind and the foundation of the Alliance of Lordaeron. I don't want to see the internment camps and everything I've already seen. I want them to actually do something with that difference. I want them to make something else. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's not what a Warcraft movie should do. I'm totally willing to, to entertain that idea. But as somebody who liked the movie, I did. A lot of people did not like it. I did. I sat there and I was like, yeah, I mean, this is a little long and it feels like he's, he loves Warcraft so much. I can kind of feel palpably how much he loves Warcraft. I don't think I love Warcraft as much as he does, quite <laughs> frankly. So watching it going, yeah, I, I honestly think you love Warcraft more than I do, Duncan. Straight up. I, I'm going to give it to you. You like this game more than I do. I think you like this game more than Chris Metzen did. I, I honestly do. I think you love Warcraft. But I think it's time to use what they did. I think that it's time to give us a different story with, you know, to take these familiar characters and run with them. Where, where would you go with that? Like what happens next with the orcs and, and the humans? Do they, do they fight another war right now? Like right after this, do they immediately start fighting it? Cause Gul'dan's still around. Like, you know, there's a lot to do. And I, I don't feel like Varian, you'd be skipping too much of the, what interested me. Like the Anduin Lothar character from the Warcraft movie is awesome he's awesome when he kills blackhand i literally stood up that was like the best <laughs> scene he just goes in and kills him and it takes him like 10 seconds he just boom guy's dead like and after all that build up you know you thought blackhand it's gonna be this epic fight nope kills him boom just walks away like he didn't even matter we haven't really seen lothar in action in world of warcraft in any way because there wasn't like an opportunity for that i almost oh, no. i almost kind of wish that we had another caverns of time that went back to the height of Anduin lothar and we got to like fight alongside him for something i just That'd think that cool. that would be fun <laughs> him and yeah, Duralion, just... like this is a guy who was so bad that they put a statue of him in front of Black Rock Mountain pointing at it just so everybody in that mountain would know that he was there, that he died there, and that they should be they should he be He died wary. here, but before he did, he kicked your butts. The orcs <laughs> didn't tear it down. No. They left it up. They were like, yeah, fair's fair. All right, yeah, leave it there. You know, like, There's just... This is a character I want to see more of. I, this is nothing against Varian, but I, if we're going to destroy Stormwind, if we're going to repeat the, the, the games as movies, then I want to get to see more more of Anduin Lothar. I want yeah, to get to I see should more say, of... I should say that I don't think that... Um, I, I jumped ahead because I immediately went the Thrall route and then I forgot that there's like, no, there's the whole entirety of Warcraft 2 here that we didn't deal with at all in the film. Um, it didn't even get to that point in the film. So 
I don't think that it needs to focus on Varian in the second film. I think it should follow these other characters. But I think that Varian could eventually get a focus in the franchise if they want to keep doing these movies. Like, if they wanted to do Warcraft 3, I could see them see, maybe doing something with I, I, w- I want... Arthur, I want the Arthas movie. Right. Yeah, no. I'll be upfront here. What what I would do if I were going to be writing this, and you know, this is the kind of thing you do because you don't have fanfic to hand, I guess. But if I were going to be writing this, this movie would be about Varian and Thrall watching the events. Like you'd have them as POV characters, not the leads, but POV characters, the characters that you watch it through. Uh, you'd have Thrall growing up in whatever circumstances he ends up in watching the war happen, watching what goes on. You'd have Varian as the POV character for the more, you know, Alliance side. Maybe you'd have a third one, like, because you've got Garona there as kind of like the the person who is Alliance sympathetic, but in the middle of the Horde. So she could serve as an actual, like, bridge between these two worlds and go from there. And then worry about what do we do with Thrall and, and Varian in the third movie? What about Arthas? Do we get an Arthas movie? And that's the thing is, I, if I were going to introduce Arthas, I'd do it in this movie because this is the movie to do it. You have – if you destroy the Stormwind in this movie, you have to have Varian go somewhere, right? Lothar's going to take him somewhere. You just do that whole bit with Lordaeron. Then, then you have – you basically have Varian and Arthas meet. And that way, if you do the third movie, you can set up their friendship and set up the effectiveness of his fall. Like Arthas falling, it costs uh, people, you know? I'm just so, sitting here thinking about an Arthas movie and going, yeah, I want mm-hmm, it. Somebody mm-hmm. take my money now. I want to see that on the big screen. Oh, yep. that would be so good. That would be so good. Can you imagine? I mean, just given the CGI that they put forth with the orcs and how good the orcs looked, can you imagine that same Zombies. CGI team working on the Scourge. I mean, are you kidding me? Yes, yeah, I'm, please. I'm thinking like Game of Thrones level right now, or Ugh. even better. And the Game of Thrones zombies look freaking awesome. Yeah, I just, I, that, mm, it's giving me goosebumps just thinking about it. That's the kind of thing I would love to see. Um, Duncan, do yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, if they decide to do another one, I really hope that they bring Dun- Duncan Jones back for it, at least to do the treatment, if nothing else, because he had a very clear vision of what he was looking for with his film. And I mean, I understand that it didn't get like the best press or whatever, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I went and I saw it the first time and I had to disconnect myself from everything I already knew about Warcraft lore and try and look at it through the eyes of somebody not familiar with any of it. Like, look at it as a brand new thing, not, oh, this is the game I've been playing forever. I had to look at it as a brand new thing. And it took it took a little while for me to jump out of that. And then I went and I saw it a second time because I got a free movie ticket to go see it. So I went and saw it this, a second time. And when I sat down and watched it a second time, I was able to pick up on more of the nuances and stuff that were in there. And it got better on the second viewing. Like, it just got better. That's what a lot of people said. Yeah. So, if you guys haven't seen the Warcraft movie, you should go see the Warcraft movie. Like, go rent it. It's a good It's a good rental. Don't expect, like, Oscar-worthy material or anything in there. Just make some popcorn and have a good time. Watch it's, the show. It's very pretty. and it's, uh, Yeah, it's pretty. Cad- it's... Cadgar is entertaining. Cadgar is great. <laughs> I wasn't sure about Cadgar and I wasn't sure about Medivh casting wise, but they both did really well. I really liked that movie. I, I thought, need to watch it Medivh, again. Maybe Medivh, I'll do that again tonight. <laughs> Medivh was not my favorite, but Medivh, I love Cadgar. Medivh grew on me. Um, 
And he grew on me substantially in the second viewing. Because the second viewing, I picked up on a bunch of stuff that I hadn't picked up on before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he's playing this guy exactly how he should be playing. He's doing a real good job here. This is good work. Um, I'm going to say that, you know, just to answer your question about whether or not Varian could carry a film, mm -hmm. I think he could carry a film, but it would be too soon for him to carry a film. You can't just throw the character in. Like, you, you left up the last movie, he was like 10. I so feel like Varian to... comes into his own and starts developing a really strong story at the point that he returns to Stormwind and becomes king. Like, that's where Varian's story really takes off. Um, You'd effectively need a Warcraft 2 yeah. just to get to the point where you could do that story. So that's my take on it. Okay. All right, next question. All right. Jabberock, thanks for the next, question. Next Our baby. next question is from Winterfell. Hey, it's another segue. Anyway, a Worgen Frost Death Knight who says, Hey, Watchers, I had a few questions about the early history of humanity. Tyr is a very important and influential figure in human history. Is it possible that the Church of Holy Light began as a form of Tyr worship? If so, why isn't he a figure in the Church anymore? In fact, why is he barely a part of modern human culture? His legacy is all over early human civilization in places like Tyr's Hand, Tyr's Fall Glades, etc. But the only modern mention of him is the Order of the Silver Hand. Why are there no priests of Tyr and no shrines to Tyr? Why is his name never used as a curse or a blessing or an oath or an exclamation? Are humans simply that ignorant of their early history? And another question that's perhaps... Oh, let's answer this first and then we'll go into the other question. Okay. Um, one thing I can tell you from doing the warrior and uh, even the shadow priest, the priest one, really, but it's the shadow priest dagger. The arms warrior shadow priest dagger takes you to Tyr's Fall Glades and takes you to the tomb of Tyr. It's been deliberately hidden. Like there are even if you do a, if you do the holy paladin one, you go there and it's like there's an order of paladins whose job is to let people to not let people know about it. It's a secret. It's basically like that whole thing in the Indiana Jones films where you go into the little cavern underneath the thing and you're looking for the Holy Grail and there's that really old dude who's like you chose poorly. It's those guys. <laughs> yeah, essentially, Tears' role in Hero Humanity is de-emphasized. He's kind of treated like a mystery because when um, Lordaeron is named after a guy named Lordane. When Lordane met um, the first king of humanity, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment, but I should know it because I'm carrying his sword around. Um, Strom? No, his Strom name wasn't Strom. It wasn't. Strom something? No, Thoradin. Thank you, it was Thoradin. It wasn't Strom at all. You're, you were distracting you're, you're me. You're welcome. Um, when, you, when he met Thoradin, Thoradin was like, you know, I already beat Igneus. I already brought his people in, and you can't possibly defeat me. And, and Lodane's response was, yeah, but I can make you pay for it. If you try and conquer these lands, I'm going to kick your butt. And he goes, I know that. So here's my deal. You join up with me and your religion will become part of my religion. We will take, we will take what you believe in. Lordane and his people lived in what's now Terrasville Glades, and they believed in Tyr. They believed in the Holy Light. Was the Church of the Holy Light started then? No. Uh, but a faith in the light was imparted at that time. The Church of the Holy Light is actually a very much more modern thing. It, goes, it dates back to before the First War. And in fact, one of the reasons it got started, it was actually started in Stormwind. That's why the Stormwind Cathedral is so important. If you've ever read the Arthas novel, when the uh, Order of the Silver Hand goes to, to induct Arthas, they don't do it in Lordaeron. It's in Stormwind. Yeah. And the reason for that, the reason that they go to Stormwind is because when Stromgard, like when Strom... Guard, Strom became Stromgard when, when Igneus's family took over and the Trollblade line became kings and Strom. A bunch of people were like, no, he's not of the bloodline. 
you know, we've got the, the bloodline of Thoradin's descendants. Why, why should we let this guy be king? But Thoradin's descendants are like, no, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight our own people. If they want to take over, uh, we're just going to let it happen. We're going to leave. And they moved south. They deliberately left. The other human kingdoms are all up in the north. They deliberately left and went south. And when they did, they brought their faith with them. The faith that they'd inherited, from, oddly enough, from Lord, from Lord Ain. So the, the original faith that they brought south with them became eventually the Church of the Holy Light. But it didn't happen overnight. And it wasn't like, you know, okay, we all just worshipped here. No. It was very much an abstract. Tyr himself taught them about the light. He didn't teach them, worship me. He taught them, this force exists, and it can be used for good. Here's this abstract concept. It's really, really good. You guys should follow this thing. Not yeah, once you don't need did to he know, say, yeah. I am your leader, or anything like that. So when they, no. when they practice, you know, devotion to the light or whatever, it's devotion to the light. It's not the guy that showed him the light. It's the light itself. Yeah, um, so... When they, when they basically moved south, they brought that with them. So there were places up north that had Tyr's name attached to them because he was very important to the original foundation of humanity in, in the West in the Eastern Kingdoms. And they're kind um, of remnants of that. Yeah, but it was never – nobody ever prayed to Tyr because he would have been like, no, stop that. What are you doing? <laughs> don't pray to me. I'm, I'm this just, is illogical. I'm just, yeah, no. <laughs> the light exists. It's, you don't need to pray to me. So – that kind of answers your question. There's a lot of history. We don't, there's a, keep in mind that was 2000 years ago and the tear had been dead for like 8,000 years before that tear died before the sundering. So that's an awful lot of time for people to forget and misremember and not quite know what they're talking about. So the yeah, second think, question here says that it asks why is, is or was Stormwind so geographically isolated from the rest of humanity. And, um, I think you just answered that. So <laughs> Yeah, they, they literally just left because they were like, we could fight to try and reclaim this for, um, the, for the true bloodline of Thoradin. And Thoradin's descendants were like, no. In fact, we don't even want to be kings anymore. We're not going to fight to, to, to reclaim the throne. I mean, look around us. Because at the time, remember, everybody was ruled by Strom. Strom had conquered all the lands that became human kingdoms. Um, Dalaran was at that time ruled by Strom. Uh, Lordaeron ruled by Strom. Gilneas ruled by Strom. Strom was in charge of everything. These kingdoms were breaking away. And during that process, Igneas's heirs took over. And they were like, you know, no, it's not worth trying to reclaim the kingdom because then we'd have to try and reconquer everybody. And we don't want to. So they moved south. They literally just took up their families and their possessions and got as far away from everybody as they could because they, they were independent minded and didn't want to have to fight them. So that's pretty much how it goes. Silex501 in the chat channel asked, and, and I think this is kind of a valid question, so we might as well just bring it up here in the show. Why would Tyr know of the light if he was made by the Titans? Other Titan creations also know of the light. Yeah. Uh, Norshen, for instance. If you do uh, Missa Pandaria, the Siege of Orgrimmar raid, Norshen is very much about using the light. He uses the light to purify you from the old gods. Why that is, I don't know, but he does. It's the Illuminati. I don't know. <gasps> <laughs> a conspiracy this is where you put in the twilight zone music no um yeah the the titans were very familiar with the light stuff there was all kinds of light things going on with various other key norishen is a really good example of that um because that's exactly what he does when you go in he's like hi you need to purify yourselves let me do that for you um okay 
So, next email is from Lomshank, a blood elf hunter from Warm Rest Accord, who says, Hello, watchers, long-time listener and patron. I was wondering how many of you guys roleplay, whether it be on a server with others or just a story in your head for your character. For those who do, what changes to benefit roleplayers would you like Blizzard to realistically add? Thanks, Lomshank. I think I'm the only one here that actually actively roleplays. Yeah, I don't. I do, but not recently. Okay. I have nothing against it. I just don't. I mean, you should talk. it's, It's a different style of game. I guess, yeah. you know, it's not quite PvE or anything like that. You're just making stories with other people. Um, I, I don't... do edit the RP column, though. Yeah, you do. I'm getting exposed to it. See? <laughs> bit by <laughs> bit, I'll drag you in. Uh, as, as far as changes to benefit role players, the thing is, is that I almost l- prefer the fact that Blizzard is kind of hands-off on the role-playing communities because the more restrictions or helpful quote-unquote things they put in there, you know, they could put in something that they think is very helpful for role-players, but all it does is restrict people from having as much creativity and as much room for creative expression as they do right now. Um, the only thing that I could say... You know, people people say, oh, well, they should introduce some kind of in-game version of the RP add-ons like Total Roleplay and stuff like that. I don't want to see them do that because if they do that, then they would start to have to, like, police the language that people put in those things. And that would take a lot of time and man hours. I mean, there's a handful of RP servers out there. Not all of them are very active or anything, anything like that. And not everybody uses RP add-ons or things like that. But... The moment that you take an add-on like that and you put it in game and say, okay, you can write your own text here, you know you're going to get those people who are just going to write a three-page long soliloquy about obscenities. (laughs) 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 And there's nothing that Blizzard can do about it at this point because it's just an add-on. It's just an add-on that you opt into reading or whatever. But if they had their own mechanics for doing that kind of thing, that means that they would have to police that material. And I don't really feel like the burden for that really needs to be on Blizzard because this game was never intended as a role-playing, role-playing game. They put role-playing servers out there for people who want to participate in it, but the developer focus is very clearly on PvE and PvP content. Um the only thing that I could think of that would really actually help role players and that I would appreciate as a role player, player housing, that'd be great. <gasps> yeah. I mean, everybody wants it. It's another place where you can like creatively express yourself and put in pretty things. You know, Wildstar, I have things to say about Wildstar and I'm not going to go too far into it. I did enjoy Wildstar. It, it tickled that whole, oh, wacky sci-fi MMO thing. It didn't, did it stick? No. I'm not playing it anymore, but I enjoyed playing it for the time that I was playing it. And one of the reasons I really enjoyed playing it was their player housing system was so good. It incorporated gameplay into it. To like, They even had a profession devoted to like building furniture and stuff like that. That was fantastic. You could find furniture pieces around the world if you wanted to. It It struck me as somewhere in between player housing and then what Blizzard is already doing with the transmog system where people are going back, they're farming old stuff they're hunting down all kinds of things because they're really keen on looking pretty. If you introduce something like player housing, people are going to be really keen. Everybody likes Legos! This this is why I liked the music box or yeah. whatever it was in the garrison because it you know you could go back and do old stuff and get yeah, stuff could... for it that would customize your little area. You could go back, you could do the music stuff. I think that it maybe could have been implemented better, but I appreciated the effort. 
to give you, yeah, you I, know, I wanted a way more to kind of like customize that. your space. Um, the garrison, I was hoping that the garrison would be that kind of player housing, but it really didn't work that way. It was so integrated into gameplay. They were so focused on making the garrison something that was interactive with gameplay that it was pretty much, it was like this integral hub where all gameplay happened. And instead of being someplace you could go to chill out or whatever, it was the place you were stuck in if you wanted to get anything done. And that's kind of the reverse of what you want for something like that. So, yeah, player housing is one of those things that I think universally, I mean, not just for role players, but for everybody. I think everybody would be really cool if we had some kind of place where we could go. If we didn't want to, like, play the game, play the game at any point. We just wanted to relax, kick back, sometimes build some furniture. Sometimes you just want to go where someone... Sometimes you, know, you just want to... Sometimes you want to just play with some Legos and build something. Yes. Maybe we should have that option. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I don't know how you guys feel about that, but feel free to chime in. I, I I think I wrote a good section of this in the queue last week, actually. Uh, but pretty much, yeah, on the same page. I think player housing just needs to be a place to go relax. Uh, it needs to just have open customization. Like you said with the role-playing thing, like if Blizzard implements something, then it might, you know, stymie creativity, whereas... And that's sort of exactly what the garrison did. Um, it wasn't as open-ended as it could have been or probably should have been. And it led to a lot less creativity and customization than it could have. I'm and, not and that some... interested in player housing. I've never really have been. Mainly because every idea I have for player housing is something that isn't really player housing. Like, I've never stopped thinking that we should get to be able to keep dungeons after we've cleared them. Like, once I've cleared out in a Blackwing lair. Oh, that would be awesome. I don't get why I can't just sit on that throne and that's my place now. You want it, you so, want it back? You come get it. I, I I killed everybody. I walked up here. Everyone's dead. It's mine now. But um, Vunderbolt in chat said player housing would be isolating. Uh, that's that's the whole point of like it needs to be a place to just relax and lay low. It it can't have functional things in there. It it can be cosmetic or just like it's essentially an inn like. People yeah, don't if, hang here's out. the deal. Here's the deal. This is the way Wildstar ran it. Okay, they had player housing, and player housing was basically separate instances from the main game. You did not see those player houses anywhere in the game world. You had to teleport to get to them, and when you were there, they had their own chat channel, sort of like we have, you know, zone chats in game right now where if you transition from Stormwind to like Elwyn Forest or whatever, your chat channel changes to reflect that. Um, and then you also, you have trade, you've got local, you've got whatever. Um, there was a separate chat channel specifically for player housing and people could invite people into their homes and bring them into that little solo instance place because it was removed from the rest of the game. It really didn't interfere with the rest of the game. It was someplace where you could go and chill and build things if you wanted to build things. And it, wasn't isolating per se because you didn't have any reason to go there unless you wanted to build stuff really that's the only reason you would go so it, it would exist in that fashion much like pet battles exist in that fashion pet battles are there they're available they're all over the place do you have to participate in them no you can go do other things 
you can ignore it entirely. The problem with the garrison is that the garrison pretty much obligated every player to participate into, in it, whether they liked it or not. Which was okay, it worked as like a game mechanic kind of thing, but it wasn't player housing. It wasn't anybody's idea of player housing. And because it was so fixed in with everything else that you had to do outside of the garrison, you were kind of stuck there and you were isolated there. This kind of a system, if it's isolating at all, it's because you as a player don't feel like dealing with anybody else right now. You don't feel like doing any other gameplay stuff right now. You just want to go build with your building blocks. And when you want to go interact with other people, you can either invite them in, have them chill out with you in your little palace that you've built, or you could go back out in the game world and do actual game stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really liked the way that Wildstar did it. I thought it was very elegant. And Rossi, I know you're not like gung-ho on the idea, but the way that you do it is you make it in a way where people that aren't gung-ho about it, like you, don't have to participate in it doesn't have to be a thing. You can just ignore it. Pretend it's not there. Well, like I've said before, as long as it doesn't have any reason for me to go there other than I want to, then we're fine. The problem with the garrison, which I remember, I think all of us have said at one point or another, was that you had to be there. Yep. You didn't have a choice. You, there was no reason to leave except to go to an AH. And you'd take a portal to go to the one place that had an AH, and then you'd go right back. And you could build you know, so. your own little auction house robot if you wanted to and bypass that entirely and never speak yep. to another soul. Yep. <laughs> Except on raid nights, if you happen to raid. <laughs> it just yeah, it think, went too far yeah. in the direction. I understood what they were going for. They wanted to kind of integrate it into the game world, but they did. They went so far with it that it just, it was like, why would I go any- Yeah, why would I go anywhere else? I can do everything here. I don't even have to go pick plants or mine. My- I have a mine here, and I have an herb garden here. I don't ever need to leave. Well, this is boring. <laughs> So yeah, uh, let's see. Let's go to the next email. I think this is probably going to be our last email here. Um, this one is from Zell, who is proud member of the house Mitcherin or Mitchendor. I'm assuming that means that they're a shadow priest. It's well, no. Remember the the like we had Grumplepuff and lore. No one, no one cared. Ra- about Raven this lore. No one it was yeah. Everyone cared. About no, it. I I totally didn't care. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> That's why you're not in Mission Door. <laughs> okay, uh, so email says, with the validated doomsayers handing out their pamphlets again, we've gotten another batch of crazy ravings and advertisements for questionable goblin services. The first time they showed up, there was a prophetic pamphlet talking about how we'd know the Legion had won when three things happened. The king below will cast away his diamond crown, day will break over the city of eternal night, the wolf cub will inherit a bloody pack. Muradin is the obvious king below, but have we seen the other two things come to pass yet? What about the pamphlets referring to the crooked serpent? Is this just Lovecraftian madness, or could it be foreshadowing a story beat for an upcoming Old God expansion? Thanks, Zell. Um, I would say that day breaking over the city of Eternal Night, you're looking at everything that happened in um, Suramar. Suramar, because Suramar was under the bubble and they were in Eternal Night, and then the bubble was gone when Gul'dan showed up and struck the deal, and then all of a sudden, oh, city of Eternal Light sees daylight. Uh, Wolf Cub inheriting a bloody pack. I'm assuming that has something to do with Gen. Oh, I thought Anduin. Or no, Anduin. Yes. Duh. Anduin. Cause, oh. Yeah, because Varian was, was Logosh. He was the wolf. So the wolf cub would be Anduin inheriting a bloody pack. Well, yeah, they are a bloody pack because they got beat up pretty hard on the Broken Shore. Um, 
as far as the crooked serpent, I don't know. Rossi, you got anything? No, I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. That that's one that has straight up baffled me. I don't know. You, when no, you say I, that one, you mean the crooked serpent specifically, yeah, the or crooked all three? Serpent. The crooked okay. serpent one. No, I knew the what, other two. Do you remember what the crooked serpent like? What the full text is there? This is just. Does it say something specific about it, or just kind of throw it offhandedly? Um, I'm looking that up right now, so keep talking. Okay. Um, I mean the like the only old god I can think of. You know, I mean, there's you know obviously old gods around, but we don't. Well, we kind of know what Nizoth looks like, but I wouldn't really classify anything old god as serpent-like. Would you, Rossi? No, it depends on the old god. I mean, they got tentacles and stuff. Yeah, um, but like, would you classify they, that as serpent? Well, they have the Okay, I found servants. the thing. Let me read the thing, because it's actually pretty oh, fascinating. Goodness. Okay, an emerald dawn. An emerald sun dawns in the vault of heavens, but casts no shadow. The world lifts her voice in terror, but only one can hear her cries. I'm assuming that's Magni. From the Magni. space... Yeah, from the space that is everywhere and nowhere, the crooked serpent feasts on stars. It has no eyes to see, but it dreams of infinite endings and beginnings. Strange glyphs okay. and writing in an unknown language cover the rest of the scroll. Okay, so place that is everywhere and nowhere, is that, would you think that's like Twisting Nether? Yeah, Twisting Nether makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, the whole uh, one person can hear her, that's exactly what's happening with the scenario that came out a couple hours ago. Right. Uh, emerald sun dawning in the vault of heavens but casts no shadow i'm going to assume that the emerald sun is argus appearing in the sky check um someone in chat is also mentioning hakar the soul flayer yeah but that doesn't make any sense with the current stuff so yeah no it it doesn't it doesn't tie with the rest of it but as like a crooked we have we have two of these checkmarked right now and the one that we have checkmarked the world lifting her voice in terror but only one can hear her cries that was just checkmarked today so Maybe the Crooked Serpent is something that is coming up in 7.3, or maybe that's another portent that's going to happen in the lead up to 7.3 whenever 7.3 comes out. Um, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you would think... Did it, like say, a, the crook, did it say the Crooked Serpent was in the Twisting, or like, you know, the yeah, place from the everywhere? Yeah, from the space There's... that is everywhere and nowhere, the Crooked Serpent feasts on stars. It has no eyes to see, but it dreams of infinite endings and beginnings. There is another pamphlet, the Stain pamphlet, that also mentions it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crooked serpent with no eyes is watching from the endless sky. Forked tongues flicker through the black pits and dead stars. The veil between dreams and dreamers slides away from the like skin from bone, and even the darkness howls for the light it once d- despised. That's apparently another one. I just found that on the forums. So you know, I don't know what's going on there. So weird. I mean, when you go, oh, infinite endings and beginnings. Are we talking about like? The bronze dragonfly, like Chromie? No, that wouldn't work. That's weird. The the serpent part has me thrown off because, like, you know, tentacles are serpent-ish, but like when I think serpent, I think like dragon, you know, snake, snake-headed or dragon or something like that. Which, uh, I mean, and we've we've sort of seen Nazoth in in the um, Hearthstone card, right? Like, and he doesn't look serpent-like. No, not at all. And then also the whole crooked serpent feasting on stars well that immediately made me go to well Ysera kind of ascended and she's a constellation now but I can't really like that. why would she be crooked that's the only thing because the rest of it actually fits 
like the space that is yeah. everywhere and nowhere. She feasts on stars. Well, she's become stars, so maybe maybe that makes sense. Has no eyes to see. Sarah was the dreamer. She had her eyes shut for like the majority of her lifespan. And then dreams of infinite endings and beginnings. Well, that kind of sounds like the whole Sarah the dreamer thing. But so none of that someone, makes sense. Someone mentioned that the Emerald Dream could also be the thing that's everywhere and nowhere. Could be. Is that, and that would tie a lot more closely with Ysera. Yeah. But it's, I still don't. I still don't know how to piece it all together. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that I think. Like I said, we've got, okay, Emerald Sun Dawns, check. We've got that. Argus is in the sky. World Lister Voice and Terror, check. We just got that this morning. So maybe this next part just hasn't happened yet. But good question what it is. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, though. It's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, and it's also something to keep an eye out for now. That <laughs> I'm realizing that all of these check marks have recently. They have. You know, they yeah. have. If you haven't been collecting the Doomsayer pamphlets, it's worth it to go do so because they do have interesting things in there. They're not just a retread of the pamphlets that you got like back when the doomsayers first appeared way back in cataclysm or whatever. This is, this is something completely different. Um, and they are worth the read. I, that one, that one that I just read, that wasn't, that isn't one that I've gotten yet. I've gotten quite a few. I've gotten a pretty good handful of them, but that wasn't one of the ones that I picked up. And that reminds me, I need to log on and go get another one. Regardless, that wraps us up for emails, and that also kind of wraps us up for the show here. Um, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, if you have email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we will see you next week. 